Um, turning your Bibles tonight, First uh, Peter chapter two, verse number nine. And if you were at our last preview service, some of this, a lot of this, is going to sound very familiar to you, because I felt God just quickened me to, to speak a little bit more and, and a little bit more in depth on what we talked about in our last preview service in Oromocto about coming out of darkness. First Peter chapter two, verse nine tells us that you are a chosen generation. Everybody say that's me. That's me. A royal priesthood, a holy nation a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but now are the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. I wonder if we could bow our heads one more time and just ask God to speak to us tonight. God, I thank you for your word. Thank you, Jesus, for every person in this room tonight. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for the hope that you have, the, the peace that you have, for the light that you want to bring into this place, into the mind and our hearts, oh God, tonight. Lord, I pray that there would be a complete, Lord, that every thought would be brought into captivity, God, tonight. Lord Jesus, I bind every resistance of the enemy that would try and distract, that would try and detract from what you would want to do in somebody's life, God. You want to set somebody free tonight, Lord God, and I bind every work of darkness, every voice of the enemy that would try and hinder your work and I release your word to do the work in Jesus name in Jesus name amen darkness is a scary thing anybody with me on that anybody afraid of the dark oh yeah brother Phillips thank you for being honest there's a lot more like you afraid of the dark in the absence of light the human eye plays tricks on us or you know when we have an illumination either these lights are on we can see everything we feel a lot more comfortable than when all these lights are turned out this building gets a whole lot more creepy anybody ever been in here when nobody else was here and it was dark 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 you hear things there was one time I was like in the in the morning prayer and I was doing my morning prayer and I was just kind of going around here walking around and there was this shadow that went scampering right there, right around where you guys are right here, right along the wall. Just and that I, I love to say that I was brave, <laughs> but it was dark in here. <laughs> I didn't know what that was. And I got out of here pretty quick. <laughs> it turned out there was a little mole that decided to come in from outside. And I wish this was a happy ending like this morning story about Maverick. You'll have to watch this morning to get a happy ending. We found this precious mole uh, belly up on the youth office floor a few days later. God bless you. Um, the darkness. The darkness is scary. It's, it, it, the human eye plays tricks on us. In my human imagination, I can just imagine that little thing going along the side of the wall here, just following the wall, just kind of turning and beady eyes turning and facing me and fangs coming out. And So I got out of here. I was done. I was gone. You know, when we have a coat hanger at the entryway, we hang our coats on it. But when we turn out the light and we can't really see, that coat hanger becomes a murderous figure. Amen. In the dark. The creak of a settling house, which is oftentimes ignored during the day. Just ignored, no big deal. Well, that becomes the falling footsteps of a thief in the dark. And then the wife taps the husband and says, can you go see what that was? Yeah, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw down my jujitsu moves. And 
hand-to-hand combat because I know what I'm doing. No, I don't. A little boy once was afraid of the dark, and one night his mother told him to go out on the back porch to bring her the broom, and the little boy turned to his mother and said, Mama, I don't want to go out there. It's, it's dark. The mother smiled reassuringly at her son. You don't have to be afraid of the dark, she explained. Jesus is out there. He'll look after you and protect you. The little boy looked at his mother real hard and asked, Are you sure he's out there? Yes, I'm sure. He's everywhere, and he's always ready to help you when you need him, she said. The little boy thought about that for a minute and then went to the back door and cracked it just a little. Peering into the darkness, he called, Jesus, if you're out there, could you please hand me the broom? (laughs) I thought that was pretty cute. Darkness, darkness. In the physical world, darkness makes it hard to see. And toys meant to be instruments of play in the daytime become agents of destruction to the human foot at night. Pretty much often when the husband is sweeping the house looking for that invisible thief who is surely on the loose in the house. But beyond these humorous occasions, darkness comes into our lives in various forms. There's moments of uncertainty. There's unforeseen events that we we never could have seen coming. There's tragedy. And sometimes it's just the steady, unrelenting pressure of life that can bring us to a place of mental, emotional, and spiritual darkness. Because it's dark out there. It's dark in the world around us. With the ever-increasing demands on working families, the continual decline of values, and a societal infatuation with the narcissism and the self-centeredness of social media, and not to mention the negative impact of of screen time, increased screen time on our brains, it's, it's dark out there. It's so dark that the Canadian Mental Health Association states that 50% of Canadians will have faced mental illness of some form by the age of 40. If I were to take a running count in this room, I would say around 200 people in this room at some time in your life have faced some mental illness. We're living in a day, as Jesus said, would come where men's hearts would fail them for fear. It's dark. It's dark but I know a God that can bring light in the midst of darkness. I know a God that can shine light when you don't think there's any way out, when there's no, when there's no light seemingly coming, there is a God that can come into the situation, that can come into the room, that can, in the, in the New Testament, he walked through locked doors into a situation and he brings light. And it's in the beginning of our Bible, the first time we're ever introduced to this God that he is a light giver. It's in the beginning that God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness. Everybody say darkness. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. First, the Spirit of God moved, and then God spoke, because it is His Word that brings light. It is His Word that brings light, and from the moment we are introduced to this God, he is, His first attribute uh, in Scripture is as a light giver, and First John goes on further in chapter 1 and verse number 5, and he declares that God is light, and in Him, in Christ, is no darkness at all. All. 
It's his character. It's his nature. He is light. And when you think about it, darkness is simply the absence of light. So whatever your circumstance, whatever your situation, just invite the light in and the darkness has to flee. Just invite the God of light in and the darkness has to go. Just invite Jesus Christ in and darkness can't stay any longer because the God of light is invited into your situation. Darkness has to flee when light is turned on. See, is it any wonder the psalmist declared in Psalm chapter 27 verse 1 that the Lord is my light and my salvation and so I don't have to be afraid of anyone or anything. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and unfell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, me in this will I be confident and then he goes on to write that one thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple the psalmist understood that when I'm in the darkest place if I can just get in the presence of God then everything's gonna be all right even when I'm in the darkest place on this planet when the enemy is surrounding me when I'm feeling overwhelmed if I can just go to the rock if I can just get into the presence of God there is a light that can come in and illuminate the darkness there is light in the darkness there is light for your darkness there is light for your depression there is light for your fear there is light for your anxiety there is light for your sickness there is light for you here today Psalm 139, David finds himself in a dark place and he says, Lord, you've searched me and you've known me. You know my, when I sit down, you know when I rise up, you understand my thoughts are far off. You have surrounded me. You've compassed my path and my lying down and you know all of my ways. You know everything about me and there is not a word in my tongue. There's not a word that I've spoken. There's not a word that I've thought, oh Lord, but you know it all together and even though you know everything about me, even though you know all my failings, even, you, even though you've seen me at my lowest points, God, you have beset me behind and before and you have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high that I cannot attain unto it. So even if you feel broken tonight, even if you feel beaten tonight, even if you feel neglected tonight, even if you feel like you're in the midst of the darkest night of your life and you can't reach God, can I encourage you that even when you don't feel like you can reach him, he's already set his his hand upon you he's already reached his hand out and he is reaching for you and so the psalmist goes on and he says where can I go from your spirit where can I flee from your presence oh God if I ascend into heaven you are there but God if I make my bed in hell if I go to the lowest place that I can go if I find myself in the darkest pit of, of life even if I make my bed there even if I say this is going to be where I'm going to be for the rest of my life even if I'm there behold you are still there notice David is acting he's actively involved in this if I make my bed in hell if 
I make the decision to go into a dark place, if I make a decision to walk away from God like we heard this morning, even if I make my bed in that circumstance, God has still laid his hand on me. God is still calling me. God is still reaching. God is still working. God is still shining. If I take the wings of the morning, he writes, if I dwell in the uttermost part of the seas, if even there your hand is going to lead me, your right hand will hold me. If I say, somebody say, if I say, if I say, surely darkness shall cover me. If I say that the darkness is too much for me, I might as well throw in the towel. I might as well quit. There's no way this situation could get any better. I might as well just end it. Well, even when the darkness is going to cover me, then the night shall be light about me because the darkness doesn't hide from God. The darkness can't hide anything from God, but the night shines as the day and the darkness and light are both alike unto you, oh God. God sees you at your lowest point. God sees you when you're thinking suicidal thoughts. God loves you and he cares for you and he's calling you and he says, I want to shine light into your life. I want to bring hope. I want to bring peace. Oh, I've got my hand upon you. I've got my hand on you. I've got my hand on you. Don't give up in the darkness. Let the light of God in. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel because it's never over when God is in it. It's never over when God is in it. There's hope. There's hope. There's hope. There is light for you in the midst of the darkness because the darkness and the light, God can see everything in darkness or light and he sees where you are right now. You've possessed my reins, the psalmist wrote. You covered me. God has a plan for you, even in your mother's womb. The, the, the Jeremiah said that the, the prophet was, was spoken to by God, and God told him, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified you, and I ordained you for a calling. I ordained you for a purpose. I ordained you for a hope and a future and an expected end. God loves you. <laughs> and so the psalmist just throws up his hands and prays and he says, I will praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, O God, and my soul knows that right well. My substance was not hid from you when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance and yet being unperfect. He understood all of your imperfections. He understood every struggle you would have. He understood every mistake mistake you would ever make. He understood that you would not be a perfect human being and yet being unperfect in his book all of my members were written in his book everything was written down and so let every perfectionist attitude fall in this room tonight. He knows that you aren't perfect and he loves you anyway. He knows that you aren't perfect but his love is so great that he keeps a journal of everything he loves about you. He's written it down and he's stored it and he goes back and he references it time and time again and says, that's my child, that's my son, that's my daughter. I love them and I want light to shine into their lives. 
God's calling us out of darkness. God's calling us out of darkness. And so the psalmist goes on. He says, how precious are your thoughts toward me? How great is the sum of them? If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I am awake, I am still with thee. God loves us and God wants his light to shine and when his low even when we're in darkness God has light and when we understand that God wants to bring light the psalmist at the end of this psalm outlines the proper response to that revelation that God wants to bring light when he said search me O God and know my heart try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting and in this scripture there is an echo of the gospel in the Old Testament to the New Testament because the gospel in 2 Corinthians is described as the light of the glorious gospel of Christ and it is obedience to the gospel firstly in repentance that brings light into our lives like the psalmist wrote in, in, in the New Living Translation, it says it this way, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. God, examine my anxieties. God, examine my fears. God, examine my thoughts and, and point out to me where I need to go. Shine the light of your word in my life so that I can walk towards you because he has called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light there is light for you the bible prophesies about the end of time and he says that even in the evening time it shall be light even when the darkness of this world is getting deeper and deeper the light of christ is going to shine brighter and brighter even in the evening time it shall be light and when i can see the light it's my responsibility if i'm walking in darkness and i see a light over here it's my responsibility to turn to the light and to start to walk towards the light and to start to walk in the light and it is only by walking in the light that I can be saved it is only by walking in the light that I can be delivered from all of these things that bind me in the darkness I wonder if we could pray right now for a minute Jesus I thank you Lord for your word I thank you for the hope that is in your word Lord God I've bind every lying spirit right now in Jesus name and I release your light to shine Lord let revelation and understanding be released in somebody's mind who's battled in their mind for years Lord God I pray in Jesus name let revelation and understanding bring light Lord God let the word of God bring light in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name I bind the spirit of suicide right now in the name of Jesus Christ and I release life in Jesus name I speak life and light in Jesus name somebody pray right now in Jesus name in Jesus name oh God We can turn and walk in the light. We can turn and walk in the light. 
And when we turn in repentance to walk in the light, there is a washing for us that all of those sins and those imperfections, that the baptism in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, the washing away of our sins and all the mistakes we made while we were walking in darkness are completely erased in the halls of heaven. And we can walk towards the light. We can walk in the light with freedom and liberty knowing that we are forgiven. What a liberty of mind, what a liberty of spirit to know that all the old sin, that old weight, that old burden is completely and totally gone. And then the light not only is there for us to walk towards, but there is a light of Christ that God wants to give to us called the baptism of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in other tongues. When we orient ourselves and we walk in, walk towards the light, then as we get closer and we walk towards God, then he comes, the light of the world comes to live on the inside of us and we have a treasure in this fleshly being that 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 lights the world around us that's why ephesians the 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 prophet wrote he said that you are the light of the world walk as children of light because when we receive the baptism of the holy ghost there is a light that comes into us that wants to leak out of us and illuminate the world around us it's called what we heard a few weeks ago the holy ghost advantage it is that light that that people are drawn to it is that energy that light that people are connected to and they they wonder what you have and they wonder why you can have such peace and why you can have such joy and how that's possible and that's an opportunity as Christians to open the word and and to start where they are and to preach Jesus to them and to share the light with them because the light is for everybody and so we walk in the light as he is in the light and we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all sin At that moment when we are repent of our sins, when we turn our lives over to God and when we are baptized in his name and we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost evidenced by speaking in other tongues, that is the beginning of a lifelong journey. And the light that God has called us to follow is not just the light of the gospel, but it is the light of the word. It is the light of the word of God because it is possible to come to church It is possible to have tasted of the precious gift of God. It is possible to have the light of God birthed on the inside of you, but then that light to grow dim as we walk in a dark world. It is possible to to, to come to church and to sit in the pews and to talk to those who are around you and still be bound in darkness. See, Genesis 1 is the pattern. The word is the light and the word of God has to be precious to us. It has to become the the, the DNA of a Christian. It has to become the comfort of every believer. It has to become the priority of every believer. The psalmist told us in Psalm 119, 130, that is the entrance of thy word that giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. The light of the gospel is wonderful and we celebrate it. We heard it this morning that there is joy in heaven over one sinner that repents over one person that comes back to God but God has a life more abundantly than just starting he has a life that you can walk in a light that you can walk in day by day moment by moment and it is the entrance of the word that gives light 
And it's more than just reading black and red ink on a white page, but it's, it's, it's getting beyond just reading it, just ticking the box, but letting the entrance of his word. It's not just entrance into our eyes. It is entrance into our hearts. It is entrance into our spirits through meditation, through prayer, and through application in our lives that brings light. It's the word. It's the word. It's the word. I can't, I can't let somebody else go and, and, and let it enter into their heart and then, and then listen to a reflection of what they have received from God. I've got to get a word for myself. I've got to get light for myself. I've got to get light for myself. I've got a lamp here. The Bible tells us that the word is a lamp unto my feet and it is a light unto my path. I've got to hold it myself. I've got to digest it myself. I've got to ingest it. I've got to get it into my heart and into my spirit. That's why I was so proud yesterday of of a bunch of young people that gathered in this room and were asked questions out of the word of God and they answered those questions because they have hid the word of God into their heart. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of all of those young men and women who were here at a Bible quizzing tournament on a Saturday. I'm proud of every parent and grandparent that coached those kids and say, you can do that. You can get the word of God into your heart because it's that word that's going to keep them. It's that word that's going to sustain them. It's that word that's going to be light as they're walking through a dark school, as they're walking through a dark workplace. It is that word that's going to keep them. It's that word that's going to sustain them. It's that word that's going to strengthen them. It's that word. The psalmist said, thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. He also said in verse 14 of 119, I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. And later on, the psalmist would say that the law of thy mouth, O God, is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. Nothing takes precedence over the word of God, over the light of God in the life of a believer. Nothing takes precedence precedence. That promotion doesn't take precedence. That influence doesn't take precedence. Those friends and those relationships don't take precedence. I need the word of God every single day to light my way, to lead me and to guide me or else I'll end up walking in darkness. Even though I have once tasted of the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, I need the light of the gospel and I need the light of the word to shine along my way, to take the the precedence in my life. The psalmist goes on to declare, open my eyes, O God, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. You see, when we hide his word in our heart and when we have found joy in his word, then he can open our eyes and give us understanding and, and revelation. And there are wondrous treasures to be found as we mine the gold mine of the word of God. There is something powerful and amazing about an elder that has spent day by day in the word of God. They, yet they're not perfect. You know, God understands we're not perfect, but they've walked in the word of God for decades and decades and the treasures they've dug up and they've lived out. It's so powerful, so powerful 
So God, and so the, 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 the psalmist goes on, he says in verse 25, my soul cleaveth unto dust. He says, I'm almost dead, but I can get life according to the word of God. I don't know where you're at tonight. I don't know what you're struggling with tonight, but if you find yourself in darkness, if you feel like you're about to give up and you feel like your soul is cleaving unto the dust, there is a word from God and he wants to quicken you if you just get in to his word and let it work in you, let it grow you, let it become alive to you brings light and life to our minds and souls and spirits. Hebrews chapter 4, it says the word of God is quick. That means alive and it's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It can pierce the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It can discern the thoughts and the intents of our heart. It's so vital. It is the light of the word of God. The word of God brings comfort in our affliction. Psalm 119 verse 50. This is my comfort in my affliction for thy word has quickened me. The word of God keeps us in the night season. Psalm 119 verse 55. I have remembered thy name, O Lord, in the night and I have kept thy law. In the darkness of this world, in the evening time of the last day, two things must remain in the vision of the people of God. It is the name and it is his word. Anybody, anybody in here a person of the name tonight? We believe there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess of things in heaven, of things in earth, and of things under the earth. I believe that. We've been defined by the name for decades now, but we also need to be defined not just by the name, but by our devotion to the word of God. The psalmist says, I remembered your name, God, in the night, but I also kept walking in the word. I also kept walking in the light, and I can't walk in the light unless I know, unless I have the light in my heart. See, the name brings salvation and power. The word gives light and instruction. You need both. You need both. You need the power of God and his saving name, but you need the instruction in how to walk every day in this sin-sick world and to walk in light. It's just like in Exodus when there was a plague of darkness over the nation of Egypt, but there was still light in the land in the children of Israel. That's where we're at in this 21st century. It's dark all the way around them. I was in a meeting just in what I do for a job a few weeks ago, and, and, and we got talking after the meeting just about values and about, about how, who we are as individuals and what we believe. And, 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 and these, these ladies that I work with, they're in their 50s and 60s, and, and they began, one of them began to break down and cry because she said, I, I don't have an anchor for my life. I don't, I don't have something I can go back to to say, that's why I have this value. That's why she felt alone in a drift in a world because she's in darkness but we have light but we have light but we have light we have light somebody say I have light you see and if God has magnified his word above his name then we can't just sing about the name we've also got to get into the word of God we can't just pray in the name we've also get to, got to digest and dive in to the word of God 
It's how we get to know him or else we end up like the seven sons of Sceva who walked in trying to cast out devils and, and the devils laugh in their face and say, Peter, I know, Paul, I know, but who are you? Why did, that, why did they not have dominion and authority? It's because they didn't know the word. It's because they didn't know the light of the world. It's because they didn't know Jesus who is the word. Who is the word. We must be people of the name and we must be people of his word. And I'm just for the sake of time, I'm going to move along. And the Psalm 119.97, oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. And the question tonight for every person in this room is what fills your mind all day long? What fills your mind all day long? Is it worry or is it the word? We can meditate. We choose what we meditate on. We quote that verse to bring every thought into captivity unto the obedience of Christ. We quote that. I don't know, sometimes if we fully understand it, it's recognizing what thoughts are profitable and, and what thoughts are not profitable and casting out the thoughts that are not profitable and focusing on the thoughts that are. Whatsoever things are true and pure and right, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, it's, it's recognizing those thoughts and choosing to think on those and meditate upon those and, and, and casting off any, any voice of darkness and, and recognizing that. Taking every thought into captivity unto the obedience of Christ. Worry is just meditating on the wrong things. That's what worry is. And it'll leave us in darkness, but we can meditate on the word all day. And the word, we already quoted it, thy word, O oh God, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm 119, 147, I prevented the dawning of the morning and cried. I hoped in thy word. Mine eyes prevent the night watches that I might meditate in thy word. What is he saying? He's saying before I get up in the morning and before I pillow my head at night, I need his word. That's, that's, that's a challenging word for me too. Before I get up in the morning and before I pillow my head at night, I, I need to get something from God. I need to get into his word. I need to let it get into me. I need to let it get into my heart. I need that light to shine every morning and every evening. It's his word that keeps us. It's his word that sustains us. It's his word that keeps us from going astray and being lost in darkness. Psalm 119, 165, great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them in the darkness of a world filled with depression and fear we must learn to love his word not just to know it mentally but to believe it fully not just to be able to quote scriptures or to say little phrases, but to just get into it for ourselves and to just ingest it and let it become our DNA, that it become our lamp every single day. I can't leave the house without my lamp, without getting a light from God's word, because if I leave my house without the light, then I'm going to be walking that whole day in darkness. I need his light to shine every single day day so many people in this world so many Christians in this world believe every latest headline that drives us to fear why not take all that mental and emotional energy and channel it into the word of God that brings light and that brings life because the light in your darkness today comes from one source it's his word pills won't do it Relationships won't do it. Substances won't do it. 
Netflix and chill won't do it. Video games won't do it. Money won't do it. Fame won't do it. Social media won't do it. Yet so often this gets neglected on the shelf so we can scroll another 30 seconds through everyone's updates. And that's just not young people. That's, that's pretty much everybody, including me. And we wonder why we're struggling in our minds and with doubt and fear and worry. Let the word become your light. Let the word become your light. I speak today to the darkness of depression and fear and anxiety. There's a light coming on in somebody's heart right now. Right now. If you find yourself in a dark place, if you let God in, if you made his word your priority, then that darkness will become light. That darkness will become light. Coming back to the music tonight. I wonder if we could pray right now just for a minute. Jesus, your conviction is in this room and it's conviction that is driven by love. Lord, and I thank you for your love that we feel in this room right now that calls us to a higher level, that calls us to a deeper purpose, that calls us back to a place where the light can shine again into our lives. Lord, thank you, God, that you didn't leave us in darkness, God, but you came as a man Lord, the light, Lord God of creation was made flesh and dwelt among us, God. I thank you, God, that we now have light through you, through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. So you can choose tonight to walk in the light. Revelation chapter 21. In John chapter 1 tells us that the beginning was the word, the word was with God. The word was God and the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him not, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. Verse 9, that was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. The verse 14, the word, the light was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth Jesus the word the light made flesh and as Christians if we've obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ and we're preparing to meet God in the air when we get to heaven the city New Jerusalem has no need of the sun the Bible tells us neither the moon to shine for the glory of God did lighten it and the lamb the word, Jesus, is the light thereof. But you don't have to wait till heaven to walk in light. You can walk in light day by day, every day. Whether it's your first time in this room, whether it's your first time in a, in a church service, an apostolic service, or whether it's your 1,000th time, can I tell you that you can walk in light. Georgine Schalm wrote quite an interesting book, and I encourage anyone who's able to go out and read it. It's out in the information booth out there. You can purchase it. It's called Alan Was Away. It's a story of 
many things that have happened as they've been missionaries overseas over the past 35, 40 years. Chapter 9 is especially intriguing to me, especially in this context tonight. And chapter 9 is about a servant that they had named Noor. She talks about Noor in this whole chapter and they call them servants and you know, she doesn't like, Georgine Sean doesn't like that word because to her it implies drudgery and overwork and underpay and mistreatment and all that. But um, in order to get things done and around the house and in order for them to fulfill their ministry obligations, they had to bring somebody in to help them around the house. So um, Noor was, was one of those servants that lived with them for many, many years. And Noor was definitely not a cookie cutter servant. This is what Georgine wrote. For starters, instead of wearing a dupatta as all the Pakistani women did, she wore a rag tied around her head. Underneath the rag were a few sprigs of wiry hair, and all that was left that was all that was left after she'd suffered a serious bout of typh typhoid fever. The rag was just the tip of the iceberg. Although she was basically illiterate, Noor possessed a razor sharp wit that, and could hold her own in any discussion. She had a sense of humor, she was loyal and honest, and she was clean. After visitors who stayed with us for a few days had left, she would entertain us with imitations of their little idiosyncrasies and, and foibles. She was as stubborn as a mule. Pick a fight with anybody. And I have to say there were times that I came close to strangling her because she would not stop talking. You got to get the book, I'm telling you. I do know beyond the shadow of a doubt that if it had, ever, it had ever been necessary, she would have taken a bullet for any one of the five of us. And she made absolutely the best chicken curry you could taste anywhere in the whole wide world. Noor was a widow. She had a son, Abid, whom she had placed in a madrasa, which is an Islamic school, where he was educated and fed at government expense. He, we arranged for Abid to come and stay with his mother and for him to attend a regular school. When she started working in our home, Noor had no knowledge of Jesus. She had never heard of or seen a Bible. She had suffered abuse at the hands of various people all her life and had developed finely honed survival skills that could detect someone with ill intentions from a mile away. Her only goal in life was to live long enough to raise her son because he was all she had in the world. Alan was away. Go figure. One morning... As we were working together, putting fresh sheets on the beds, Noor told me she had had a very interesting dream that she felt was significant. She said, I was walking along a very narrow road and it was dark, so dark, that I could not even see a foot or two in front of me. The road was dangerous, it was slippery and it dropped off like a cliff on both sides. I had to walk slowly because I couldn't see and I was very afraid. A small child came and took me by the hand and we started to walk together. And then far, far off in the distance, I saw a tiny flicker of light. It seemed like the light was moving towards me, but it was very, very small and it did not make the pathway any clearer. I kept walking with the child beside me and after a long time, as the light got closer, I could see that it was actually a lamp. It was actually a lamp and a man was carrying it in his hand as he walked towards me. I could see that it was a man, but I could not tell who he was. The child beside me asked, don't you know who it is? 
I told him I didn't know. And the child said, it's Jesus. When he said that, I could see that, yes, it, it was Jesus. He was walking towards me on that dark, narrow road. And Noor goes on in, in her dream. She said, I saw that there was a, a house built beside the road and the house was made of mud. And as Jesus was walking towards me, he, he suddenly stopped and went through the door of the house and then he waved for me to come in too. Jesus told me to sit down and rest. And then he asked me if I wanted a drink of water. I had been concentrating so much on following the path that I didn't notice my throat was completely dry. But when Jesus asked me if I wanted some water, I realized that I was very thirsty. He passed me a bottle of water. And as she said this, Noor pinched her thumb and finger together to indicate it was a very small bottle. The story went on. I took the bottle, but I thought, what use is this? Jesus said, drink it. So I swallowed it and madam, it was the most delicious water I ever tasted. It was just a tiny bit of water, but my, my thirst was gone. Jesus asked me if I wanted more, and I wasn't thirsty anymore, but the water was delicious, so I said yes, and I passed the bottle back to him to fill it up. Then in my dream, I dropped the bottle, and it broke on the floor, and I woke up, and I felt terrible because now Jesus was gone, but I heard his voice. The entrance of thy word bringeth light. I heard his voice and Noor said that Jesus said to her, I'm here with you and I have always been with you even when you were in complete darkness. A precious lady who had never heard of a Bible. And Georgine Shalm, as she finished telling me the story she writes I sat on the edge of the bed flabbergasted at how Jesus had revealed himself to Noor our missionary friends had given Noor a Bible in her own Bengali language and I told her to bring her Bible to me and with her second grade reading skills she sounded out the words of the books of the Bible so I could guide her to different scriptures and we read together that thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path we read together that Jesus is the light of the world and how he said that if any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And as Noor read the, his offer in the book of Matthew to come unto him, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. When she read that verse, her eyes opened wide and she said, that's what he said to me. And I explained to Noor that through her entire life, Jesus had been walking towards her even in the darkest times when she felt when she had felt completely alone and helpless and he had guided her to our home because he knew she would find rest and peace as we taught her about him and his love for her and she gently rubbed the cover of her bible and with wonder in her voice when was the last time we wondered at the word when was the last time we got to wonder about what gift God has given us right here. She said, Madam, my dream is written in this book. My dream is written in this book. 
Sister Shalom concludes that Jesus taught me through her that he knew how to reach into any hungry heart, whether the label on that heart said Christian, Muslim, Buddhist, or Hindu. And tonight, maybe you feel like freedom from depression can only be achieved in your dreams. Can I tell you tonight that your dream is written in this book? Your dream is written in this book. Maybe you feel like that freedom from fear could only be attained for you in your dreams. Well, your dream is written in this book. Maybe you feel like freedom from addiction can only be achieved in your dreams. Well, there's a good, good word for you tonight because your dream is written in this book. Maybe you feel like the fulfillment you've been searching for, you can only get it in your dreams. Well, can I tell you, your dream is written in this book. Maybe you feel like your broken heart could only ever be mended in your dreams. Can I tell you that your dream is written in this book? And if you just let the light of God in through his word, he would do an eternal, eternal work in you. As we stand tonight, I don't know what you've dreamed of lately. What issue you could just dream. Oh, if only that could be this way. If only I could be healed. If only I could be set free. If only I could be saved. Can I tell you, the light of God is shining in this room right now. And your dream is written in this book. Whatever the darkness is that you're facing, the dream that you have of light is written in this book. It is written. Reach for Jesus and he will shine his light into your life and he will illuminate. He'll bring light. He'll bring life into your life. If you've been facing darkness for the last little while, I wonder if you would be so bold as to step out of your pew and to come around this altar. I guarantee you, you will not be alone. <laughs> if you've been facing darkness in your life, if you've been facing defeat, if you've been facing and battling in your mind and in your spirit, I dare you to step out from where you are and make a commitment before God to say, God, I'm walking towards the light. I'm walking towards the light. I'm walking in the light. I'm reacquainting myself with the treasure of your word. Lord, my dreams are written in the book of the law of God. My dreams
names are written in the word of God. Oh God, I want to steady it out. I want to search it. Lord, I want to search the scriptures because it's in the word of God that there is eternal life and they are they which testify of you, Jesus. So I am going to get in and let the light shine into my life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus name.